And welcome back, my friends. My name is Rob Booker, and in this private podcast, we're summarizing the ideas and even quoting directly from Seth Klarman's Margin of Safety. I've been a day trader and an investor for over 24 years, and I do some short selling and some value investing. Seth Klarman's book, Margin of Safety, has been a huge influence on my life. The problem is, it's not really widely available. It went out of print early on in 1991, and now copies go for $2,000 or more on Amazon. So in this private podcast, I'm summarizing those ideas for those of you that would love to learn from one of the world's most consistently successful value investors and hedge fund managers. For more information, you can go to robbooker.com to learn how I build wealth and generate consistent wealth from short selling stocks overnight and then investing the profits in value stocks. And here we go. Number 16, prepare for the worst. Investors intent on avoiding loss must position themselves to survive and even prosper under any circumstances. Bad luck can befall you. Mistakes happen. The prudent, far-sighted investor manages his or her portfolio with the knowledge that financial catastrophes can and do occur. Investors must be willing to forego some near-term return if necessary as an insurance premium against unexpected and unpredictable adversity. So, this means, in my opinion, number 16, it means it would behoove you to learn how to buy insurance on your trades. So I've got a pretty substantial Occidental Petroleum position. Well, at least for me, I own 2,100 shares of this oil services company. I also, at the same time, tend to own out-of-the-money puts that are at least $10 out of the money and super cheap, so that if Occidental Petroleum suddenly crashes, I'll be compensated for that. Then I can take the profits from the put that paid off and invest it in more of the stock at a better price. Those puts don't cost very much, but they provide insurance for the worst. As Seth Klarman says so nicely, it will reduce your overall return at times to buy some of those insurance policies, quote unquote. But it's worth it. All right, here we go. Number 17, focus on process, not on the outcome. Many investors mistakenly establish an investment goal of achieving a specific rate of return. Setting a goal, unfortunately, does not make that return achievable. Indeed, no matter what the goal, it may be out of reach. Stating that you want to earn, say, 15% a year does not tell you a thing about how to achieve it. Investment returns are not a direct function of how long or hard you work or how much you wish to earn. A ditch digger can work an hour of overtime for extra pay, and a peace worker earns more if she produces more. An investor cannot decide to think harder or put in overtime in order to achieve a higher return. All an investor can do is follow a consistently disciplined and rigorous approach. Over time, the returns will come. Rather than targeting a desired rate of return, even an eminently reasonable one, investors should target risk. What Seth Klarman means here is that set a goal, if any, about the most amount of money that you're willing to lose and set a goal to never lose more than that. That's what he likes. I also love that he says, just saying that you wanna earn 15% a year doesn't do anything about telling you how to do it. It's more important to say, my goal is to follow a process. For example, my goal is to every day wake up by 7.30 a.m. local time, do my meditation, analysis, study, prayer, whatever it is that you might do, that's what I do, and then 
I set myself on a course to identify and only trade the perfect setup. If it doesn't happen, I don't make any money. But that's better than taking a trade. So, what we try to do is we try to avoid losses and by definition, simply by avoiding losses, the wins kind of take care of themselves. I focus on a process for shorting stocks in a systematic, repeatable way. And then I take the profits from that and in a systematic, repeatable way, invest in value stocks. And never investing more than I can afford to lose and always having a bit of insurance against future losses. All right, let's keep going. Number 18, wait for the right pitch. Warren Buffett uses a baseball analogy to articulate the discipline of value investors. A long-term oriented value investor is a batter in a game where no balls or strikes are called, allowing dozens or even hundreds of pitches to go by, including many at which other batters would swing. Value investors are students of the game. They learn from every pitch, those at which they swing and those they let pass by. They're not influenced by the way others are performing. They're motivated only by their own results. They have infinite patience and are willing to wait until they're thrown a pitch they can handle an undervalued investment opportunity. Value investors will not invest in businesses that they cannot readily understand or ones they find excessively risky. Most institutional investors, unlike value investors, feel compelled to be fully invested at all times. They act as if an umpire were calling balls and strikes, mostly strikes, thereby forcing them to swing at almost every pitch and forego batting selectively for frequency. Many individual investors, like amateur ball players, simply can't distinguish a good pitch from a wild one. Both undiscriminating individuals and constrained institutional investors can take solace from knowing that most market participants feel compelled to swing just as frequently as they do. For a value investor, a pitch must not only be in the strike zone, it must be in his sweet spot. Results will be best when the investor is not pressured to invest prematurely. There may be times when the investor does not lift the bat from his shoulder. The cheapest security in an overvalued market may still be overvalued. You wouldn't want to settle for an investment offering a safe 10% return if you thought it very unlikely that another offering an equally safe 15% return would soon materialize. Sometimes dozens of good pitches are thrown consecutively to a value investor. In panicky markets, for example, the number of undervalued securities increases and the degree of undervaluation also grows. In buoyant markets, by contrast, both the number of undervalued securities and their degree of undervaluation declines. When attractive opportunities are plentiful, value investors are able to sift carefully through all the bargains for the ones they find the most attractive. When attractive opportunities are scarce, however, investors must exhibit great self-discipline in order to maintain the integrity of the valuation process and limit the price paid. Above all, investors must always avoid swinging at bad pitches. All right, quick side note here. I love this because as a short seller, there are two days a week, every week, where almost all of the good trades happen. And many stocks on those same days will jump 30, 50, 100, 200% or more. When those attractive opportunities are plentiful, it's important to sift carefully and find the companies that lose the most amount of money and the companies that have a long history of jumping and then dropping back later. I also tend to, on those days, look for companies that have BS news. Companies that sort of say, we hired two more salespeople in Canada. That's not reason enough for a stock to jump 200%.
So that would be the one that I choose. All right, let's keep going. Number 19, complexity of business valuation. It would be a serious mistake to think that all the facts that describe a particular investment are or could be known. Not only may questions remain unanswered, all the right questions may not have even been asked. Even if the present could somehow be perfectly understood, most investments are dependent on outcomes that cannot be accurately foreseen. Even if everything could be known about an investment, the complicating reality is that business values are not carved in stone. Investing would be much simpler if business values did remain constant while stock prices resolved and revolved predictably around them like the planets around the sun. If you cannot be certain of value after all, then how can you be certain that you're buying at a discount? The truth is that you cannot. All right. In our next episode, we'll cover 2021, 20, 23, and 24. I'm Rob Booker. Thanks so much for being here on this podcast. For more information about my trading and investment approach, you can jump on over to the website. I'll see you in the next episode.